Let's start from the bottom of page Lamed Gimel. As I told you uh, last time, I said that this is a... Uh, actually, it was just, um, you know, it was from the Hayom Yom that the different Rebbeim would have certain Maimarim that they would say every you know year, two years, something like that, to purify the air. One of those Maimarim uh, for the Rebbe Rashab was Viyadaita Moskva. Right, that was a famous mimer from Tafarishan and Zion, but there are many, many examples of that mimer throughout the years. It doesn't come as saying, "Okay, here we're going to now do the Moskva." But what he would do is he he would put it into whatever mimer or hemshech that he was involved in. So here is a perfect example of that. Right, we are now discussing in the second part of. Uh, this whole discussion on Samachay, how to stop a person from doing Averis, right? So the first part, if you remember, was seven pages or so of a meditation on literally how the entire Seder Hishdalshulus works, from before the Tzimtzum all the way down into this world, and how there is an additional ore that's uh, received or taken, we could say, by the Klippos, etc., 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 Right, so that was the whole discussion, right? That was the whole discussion up until uh, like a page ago. Okay, that was that was how that worked. Then we said, well, that everything that we talked about, right, up until there, or actually, so this page, Lama Gimel, right? Everything we talked about up until here has all been the idea of actually doing averus or actually not doing mitzvahs. However, from here on, is really a discussion. On what? It's a discussion on the lack of avoida. In other words, here we're talking about a person that obviously is doing mitzvahs. <clears throat> and this is the point that he's bringing out, right? In other words, he brings up the whole concept of Krishna Shalamita for a reason. Krishna Shalamita, anyone that's sitting there and saying Krishna Shalamita, and he's saying all the hiratsons in Krishna Shalamita, we can assume that he is probably remembering to put on tefillin, probably remembering to say Krishna. Right? In other words, that's not the issue over here. Yet, we say, if he was, right, if he blemished in not saying Krishna. So, what the Rebbe is saying here is, clearly he's talking about a deeper vort. And what is that vort? That vort is a lack of avoida of in-depth that is happening here. What is that avoda? So Kriyashma means Achdus Hashem. It means that he's not looking at the world from the correct perspective. And therefore he's lacking in his approach of Achdus Hashem. So that's like the entryway, that's the segue into, now we could give over a shtickle of the Maimar Viyadaita. And just like in Viyadaita, he brings like three Mashalim, right, that he discusses. Right, so also here we're going to bring uh, something like three mashalim and that he's going to discuss. So let's do it again. So it says like this. Vihine, we'll start from one, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom of Lamed Gimel. And he says like this. Vihine, shem Elohim, hu ma'alim v'masri shem havaya. That the name Elohim is concealing over the shem havaya. B'chdei shi'isavu ha'olamos, in order that the world should be brought into existence. V'bechines metzias. In a way of being a metzias. Because if the Shem Havaya would be shining in the world, 
then the worlds would not be able to exist at all. And for this reason, we have to say the Shem Elohim is covering over the Shem Havaya. That the Shem Havaya should not be able to shine. Okay? Okay, now, that's the thesis that he's discussing. Essentially, what are we saying here? We're saying here, the famous Vart, that Shem Avaya and Shem Elohim. Shem Avaya is infinite Shem of Hashem, which is expressing how Hashem is one, that there's nothing else. Shem Elohim is the idea of Hateva, nature, right? That the world looks like it's running on its own. The world looks like its own Matthias. The world looks like that you, know, you walk down the street here in, you know, in New Jersey and you do not see Hashem. Right? Hashem is not screaming out at you. Yet, we know that Shem Havaya and Shem Elohim Kulachad. That's the main point here. So, in order to really describe this, he brings several mashalim. Right? In order to, for us to bend our minds to be able to see why it is this way. And how come that despite the fact that Shem Elohim apparently is concealing over Shem Havaya, you cannot really say it's an emistika concealment. Now, he's going to use physical examples, and he's going to use, so to speak, I wouldn't say spiritual examples, but conceptual examples, that we have to bend our minds to be able to figure out what he's saying here. Question? Yes? What is the, even it's coming to say, wait, hold on, is it a contradiction? Or no, because the point is, is that you have, the, the issue here is, that you don't see Havaya Echad. You don't see Hashem. So how could you say there's Achdus? So the point that he's trying to bring out is that Shem Elohim is doing a job. The job is the purpose of why Hashem put it there in the first place. Right? There's a job that needs to be done. If there would only be, right, the idea of Shem Havaya shining, we would never be able to exist. Because it would just be, basically, it would be Orein Sof, and you can't, we'd be stuck with the same exact problem as we had before. That how could you put into a place where there's infinite light a something that feels itself to be its own mitzias? It's impossible. You can't have that. So therefore, you have to understand <coughs> that there is a concealment that's going on. The question is, right, and this is basically the 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 drive of the entire concept is that concealment is a fake concealment. Like from one perspective, it's a real concealment. But it's not a real concealment in terms of, uh, of, of the reality. Okay, And the, he's going to bring several examples like we're, we're about to see. So let's take a look at the examples and we'll read through the mashalim and the nimshalim and back and forth. And then we'll be able to understand more about what he's trying to bring across. Because... There are these mashalim for it, where you have concealment and revelation at the same time. And therefore, he uses these meduyaktika uh, mashalim in order for us to use those mashalim, for us to bend our minds to be able to look at the world from this perspective. Let's take a look. Okay? That's the point. Havaya and Elokim is kulechad. So despite the fact that Havaya is revelation, Elohim is concealment, it's really all Hashem. Right? 
The Hashem Elokim ain't no malim v'mastir. The Hashem Elokim is not concealing and hiding over klal al shem havaya. Right now, that is a very weird phrase because how could you say it's not concealing over at all shem havaya? We just got through saying that it is covering over shem havaya. So how could you turn around now and say it's not covering over shem havaya? Why? Ki Elokim who gam came bechinas elokus mamish. Why? Because he tells us the bottom line is that Elokim is, is Elokus just like Kamohavaya, just like Havaya. And therefore, it's not Shayach at all that it should be concealing at all. The Hester is only from our perspective. That it should not shine for us the gili of Shem Havaya, Kamoshahu, the way it is. The Hain. Namely, what? Shalom Nirgash Bechinas Haor Bahagili Kamoshahu. Namely, that we should not feel that gili of or at all. The way it's supposed the way it is. And therefore, the object that's being made can now be considered a mitzias. Aval, but But from his perspective, he's not mastim at all. Now he says vegam, vegam, right? That's point number two. Now, he, right? Because whenever you have vegam, he's coming to add something. Okay, so point number two, and we're going to go through each of these now. Vegam mamish. Do you see the difference here? What did he just say? He said something very important. Did you hop what the difference is? He's saying something different. He's saying something different than what he said originally. We just said that it, it does conceal the light of the Torah. Oh. Here he's saying, Right? That's the first point. Point number two, Vagam, is Here he's saying that it's, it is, is used as a as an as a way of making gilui. In point number one that we said before, we said that what? We said that it's mamish, it is concealing. It's not concealing from Hashem's point of view, but it's concealing from our point of view. That was that was point number one that we brought. Everyone see it? Yeah. Point number two that we're bringing is no. Not only is it not concealing, it's dafka shining. It's causing to shine it's causing to shine Shem Havaya. That's different. Vigam knew, even from our perspective, that even from our perspective, that it should shine Shem Havaya. Because the Shem Havaya is, is bringing into existence all the things that are bringing into, that are in existence. Verak, here he qualifies it. Only, yeah. In order to bring down this ray, that it should be shayach to the world, the kabel, namely that the world should be able to receive from it. Namely, that there should be worlds the way they are being brought into existence. It's only through shem of elokim. Okay. Now, what do we have here? We have here now two points so far. 
Point number one was it's coming here to conceal. Because if we wouldn't be able to exist with if it was just revelation. I from Hashem's point of view, he doesn't see any concealment. Okay, but from my point of view, this concealment. Point number two. Point number two is that no, it's coming down here to reveal. <coughs> it just this is the manner in which it reveals. You got the difference? Now, but come on, Al Derek Marshall. Okay, here he goes. Now, Derek Marshall. So he brings the first Marshall. Maim Hanim Shachim Mehanara Godl. Like water that's coming from a big river. Okay, so this is the first tangible Marshall Begashmias that he's bringing. Example number one water that's coming from a big river. Aideya Tsinor that comes through a, a pipe. Harehamayim Mehanar. But the water is still the same water. Yes? However, if they would go from the river, you would not be able to put it into a little cup. Right? In other words, if the water was just flowing down, Niagara Falls, you can't fill up a little shot glass from Niagara Falls. You need to put it under a little uh, faucet in the sink. So in order to get from Niagara Falls to a faucet in the sink, you need pipes. And those pipes make it smaller and smaller and smaller, but the water itself is the same. Yeah, you got it? Because if you tried to stick that shot glass under Niagara Falls, it would just flow away. But through the Tsinor, it's able to make a little bit of water. In order that the water should go into the keli. Avalhu mehanar mamish. But the same, what, what water is it? The water is the same etzimdika water. That was similar to muscle number one. Yes, that was similar to point number one that we brought. That what do we have? We have the or of Hashem that's coming down. But if the or of Hashem would come down the way it is, we would not be able to receive it. So what do we need? We need something that's going to block it. What's going to block it? Shem Elohim. Shem Elohim is going to come and block it in order that we should be able to receive the proper amount in order that we should be able to live. Marshall, Niagara Falls. If you want to fill a small shot glass up from Niagara Falls, if you stick it into Niagara Falls, it's not going to work. So what do we need? We need a whole system of pipes until it finally can come into the faucet in my, by my sink in my kitchen in order that I should be able to turn on this, the faucet and I would be able to fill up my shot glass. What's the water? The water is the exact same water as Niagara Falls. Got it? Now, here we go. Vikamokane. Same light. That's right. The, the Havaya Dika light that's coming through the Kali of Elohim in order to create the world. It's not Elohim's light. Anymore. No, it's never Elohim's light. Elohim is always the blocker. Right? It's never Elohim's light. It's always Havaya's light. Okay, now, here we go. New, new mashal. Now, this is much more relevant to point one or point two. What do you think it's going to be? The mashal of the Rav to the Talmud. What do you think? Number two. Right, because now when the when the ta- when the rav, if the rav would just give over his information, the way he knows it, 
Let's say Einstein. Einstein is coming to teach a class on science to a bunch of 12-year-olds. If he would say over the science the way he understands science to a bunch of 12-year-olds, are they going to understand anything? No, nothing. So what does he have to do? He has to mitzamsim himself and then give over a certain little piece in order that these 12-year-olds will be able to understand. So here, the tzimtzum is for what? Is really a gilui. You understand? That's going to be marshal number two. And then we're going to bring a second marshal, which is going to be a similar idea. Osiyos haseichel. The osiyos that come out with dibor. If, right, if I have an idea in my mind, and I want to bring it out to you, how am I going to bring it out to you? There's only one way of gilui. Osiyos adibor. That's the only way I can do it. Right? Or osiyos that are written. Same idea. And then you take that idea of the osius and you bring it back up to your brain in order that you should be able to understand the way I understand it. So I'm going to try to use specific osius that will be able to bring over to you. But the osius themselves are tremendously limiting compared to the seichel until, that I have in my brain. It's a tremendous limitation. But there's no way for me to put my brain on your shoulders. So I have to find a way to communicate that is going to work in terms of bringing you to my seichel. How do I do that? Through oisius. Both ideas here, the Rav and the Talmud and the oisius seichel are both showing us a concept of what? Both showing us a concept of the oisius themselves are the gilui. You understand? As much as they're a concealment, they're a concealment for the, but a revelation. You got it? Let's look in the words. He says like this. That after the tzimtzum and the concealment of the or, of the rav. Now what does he have to conceal? He has to conceal his etzim dikaseichel. If he doesn't conceal his etzim dikaseichel, there's no way the 12th grade, the 12 year olds are going to understand what in the world is Einstein talking about. They have no idea. It makes no sense. Because he's talking in a different planet than they are. Sure, he could use English, but he could use any language, whatever, that the kids understand, but it's not the same language. It's, a say, it's completely different. And then what does he do? What does he do? He brings out a ha'ara from the etzim. Brings out a ray from the etzim, which is very slight, in order to give over to the Talmud. But at the end of the day, however, whose or is it? Whose seichel it? It's still the, ta- the rab seichel. It's not like it's not the Rav Seichel. It is the Rav Seichel. You, you following what I'm saying here? Yeah, you with me? It's the Rav Seichel. So the Tzimtzum here is a Gilui for the 12-year-olds. The Tzimtzum of Einstein Seichel is a Gilui. Because the Gilui would be a Helem. If he would reveal what's in his mind, his etzim dikaseichel, what would happen? 
They have no idea what he's talking about. He'll be talking completely over their heads. He can talk to them for two hours and they don't understand a word he's talking about. That's gilui or not gilui? It's not gilui. It's dafka, not gilui. Because they don't understand what he's talking about. That's not gilui. The whole point of gilui is that the mikabal understands what, the, what he's receiving. If he's giving it over the way he understands it, then it's not gilui. It's helim. <clears throat> so what do we have here? He has to helim himself in order to give over gilui. You following or not following? Oh, similar idea. Here we go. Same, same muscle. Like the hamshacha of seichel through oisius, that the oisius are malbish, they enclose, and and therefore malim, they conceal al or seichel on the light of the seichel, and they divide it into pieces. They're dividing it into pieces. Yes? Yes? No? No? Yes? Okay? Mikol makom harin nimshach or aseichel ayedeha oisius. However, on the other hand, if I want to give over to you what's in my mind, there's no other way for me to give over to you what's in my mind outside of oisius. Ela shin nimshach ba'ayven kazesh yeh be'efsha l'kabel. And that's what the Rebbe says here. The only way that you'll be able to makabel my thought is through my oisius. I, but the oisius, right, is by definition limiting. Every word is a limit. I have to use very particular words to bring out an idea. That's what makes like a great poet. A person who writes poems, they're able to use specific words that conjure up in the minds of the makabel. What in a feeling and an idea that's in the mind of the writer. That's what makes an beautiful, incredible poem. That's why people go crazy over poems that are done well. Because they're able to use specific words that bring you to a place. Or an artist. An artist uses it on canvas, right? He paints a picture, paints a beautiful picture. And he, <coughs> he wants to transport the macabre to a certain place, but it doesn't mean physical place. It means a place, of a, a spiritual place, in terms of an, an, a feeling, an energy. Similar to a poet. Similar to a speaker. Someone who's a, a, a magnificent speaker is able to use the words of his speech to transport a person. That is the macabre. That is a real art. Why is it such a real art? Because, by definition, oisios are limited. Right? Whereas in my mind, I have a vision. But I can't give you that vision. So all I have to give you is these poor oisius. These oisius are very limited. They're like, you know, like what it says in Hasidus about them being rocks and stones and bricks and all the different mashalim that we bring for them, right? Because they're inanimate. But I need to animate them. And that's the whole Chiddush here, that I'm animating these oisies, I'm animating these words in a way that's bringing them to life. That's the idea. So now let's go back to Shem Elokim. Which is the concept of the oisies. It's known as the Ir Elokeinu. 
Shehen kamot tzinoros. Because they're on the one hand like tzinoros. They're like pipes. That through them comes out the ray from the Shemavaya, Mamish, Lahavas Ailamas Benivraim, in order to bring out the worlds in the Nivraim, right? From nothing to something in order to give him life. So another example that he brings in the Adaita is the example of Rabbi Huda Nasi. Now, what is it, what did Rabbi Huda Nasi do? He used words to bring over the Torah Shabal Peh. What does that mean? It means like this. It means that in every Mishnah, you have pages and pages of Gemara. Now, when I look at the Mishnah for the first time, I have no idea about all these pages and pages of Gemara. But after I learn the Gemara that goes with the Mishnah, I have a completely different picture of the Mishnah than what I had when I originally looked at it. But from Rabbi Yehuda Nasi's point of view, when he used those particular words for his Mishnah, he had in mind all the different questions that are going to come up later on in the Gemara. Because what was the art that he was trying to accomplish? He was trying to accomplish that he should be able to write down the oral Torah, but that it should remain an oral Torah, which is basically an impossible situation. But he did it. Right? Why? Because he would use different secret hints. Why did he put a vav here? Why did he use this word over there? Why did he did all these different nuances in the words that he used in order to bring out from the person that is going to be reading it in the future all these different questions and all these different answers and all these different angles, right, that are really what the oral Torah is all about. You following? That's the Nikuda, and that's the discussion. So is, are the words, the letters of the Mishnah a concealment or a revelation? They're both. They're both. On the one hand, it's concealing. There's no question about it. On the other hand, it's revealing. There's no question about it. And that's why it says in Torah that you will, in Mirz Hashem, after 40 years, you'll be able to understand what your Rebbe was really trying to say. Because each word that a Rebbe is trying to bring out to a Makabal, to a student, to a Talmud, right, is meant to be churned and bitten and chewed upon and, and discussed and thought about until finally you can get to what was the point of what he was trying to bring out to me. That's the idea. Kapish, You got it? Okay. I think we'll stop here for today. And Amir Hashem will continue uh, tomorrow. Okay, please.